quiz. Most beef beef jerky wrap up. 50 Randy quiz. All right, so he either has COVID or AIDS. 50 Randy quiz. Like gush on your own time. We watch movies so you don't have to. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. It's a brand new year. And I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. I am the prime millennial. I'm your boy, Chucky B. And with me, my two very good co-hosts, as always. JT, queen of refuse money. Johnny, I will always come for you, Spade. And this is episode 141, The Princess Bride. Whose pick was this? Uh, I believe this is my pick. It is your pick. I was gushing so hard. So you sent both of us a text last night saying that you were gushing over this movie. And I... I didn't reply. I didn't send anything back. My immediate response was, I typed the word gross out, and then I deleted it, and I just let it sit. And not too long after, Spade comes in, and he's like, what, what did you say? Something like, do that in private? or something? Yeah, like, like gush on your own time or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, gush on your own time. But let's just say... It, it started things off in a real weird way, heading in The Princess Bride. And that's how we're entering 2022. Real fucking weird. <laughs> Let's hope so, at least. And if you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquades.com. You can let us know what the fuck is up. Does anybody want to tackle the, the tagline for this movie? Or did you, for any reason, decide you were going to look up other additional taglines for this movie? I didn't look any up, but I would like to read the tagline in the style of an action thriller instead of a fantasy romance. All right. The story of a man and a woman who lived happily ever after, even though the courtship almost killed them. Dun, dun, dun. There was another one that I really liked where it was like, was it like witches, wizards? I don't think there's any fucking wizards in this movie. I don't know, but there it said something <laughs> like a bunch of things. It was like pirates, swordsmen. Poison, I don't know, stuff like that. That, ma- that Those made more sense, but I don't think there were witches either. No, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, Miracle Max's wife, he called her a witch. Oh, he called her a witch. That doesn't make her a witch. Witch! <laughs> Unless he was supposed to be the wizard. Yeah, maybe he was a warlock. He's a miracle man. I'm not into it. I mean, it's fantasy. And so, okay, just in case you are jumping in... In the very beginning of 2022, going, I need to check out this new uh, movie review podcast out, and I'm gonna jump in on their first episode right here, like or the first episode of the year, you know, season eight. You know what? When I was a kid, podcasts were called radio. <laughs> but before we move on, I've got to ask: Did you introduce the trailer to this movie? No, actually, I did not. So. Why don't we just go ahead and introduce the trailer right now for The Princess Bride? Meow! Yeah! Why did you turn into the Ultimate Warrior? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you gotta switch it up. Switch it up. I brought you a special present. What is it? 
special book? This is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. I'll try and stay awake. Wesley had no money for marriage, so he packed his few belongings and left the farm to seek his fortune across the sea. The war of the land gave Humperdinck the right to choose his bride. The fabric will make the prince suspect the Gildarians have abducted his love. I never said anything about killing anyone. I just happened to look behind us and something is there. He's obviously seen us with the princess and let's therefore die. Pick up one of those rocks, get behind the boulder. The minute his head is in view, hit it with the rock! I was not a sportsman that. I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan, my wedding to arrange, my wife to murder. I'm swapped. Thing for? Well, who says life is fair? Where is that written? Fencing, fighting, chases, escapes, giants, monsters, torture, revenge, true love, miracles. Look, I'm retired. I might kill whoever you want to meet the miracle. He's already dead. I'll take a look. Bring him in. It's a nice fault being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise. And we are back in the fantasy land again. Yes, we're back in the book. You know that's right. Well, like we established before, but we're going to reiterate again, um, we are going to talk about everything. Sometimes out of order. At least we mean to. (laughs) (laughs) But we are going to give our tens and tens of listeners a warning. Because we're nice guys. Chop it up. And uh, after the warning, though, spoils bound. I mean, they kind of spoiled it in the tagline. It's hard to spoil this movie already. You know how it's going to play. Well, and I mean, it's the Princess Bride. It's a uh, classic. Well, give them the quickie countdown and let's just tear this All bandaid right, we're off. We're going to go from three to one right about now. Three, two, one. Wesley and Buttercup end up together after some shenanigans. Happily ever after. Even though the courtship almost killed them. Oh, well, and then you get your secondary characters, who are the real bread and buttercup of the story here. And that's Inigo Montoya. That's fucking Fezzik. That's uh, Vizic. Who's the one who's dead? Vizini. Vizini. Wallace Shawn. Beautiful man. Uh, terribly he's got, ugly He's man, got a actually. last name, first name, and a first name, last name. In the wrong order, I might <laughs> yeah. add. Because it's hard. I, I think Sean Wallace before I think Wallace Sean. Oh, yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves there. But it, it's a it's a beautiful children's story, basically, that they sneak a son of a bitch into. How about Columbo reads Fred Savage a fairy tale? And at first he hates it, but then he loves it. That's what covers the framework of the fantasy, absolutely. Because I left out the story that it's set uh, as we realized here. You caught it this time. 
uh, that it's set at Christmas, apparently. Yeah, it seems like a Christmas movie happening in Chicagoland. Well, I never really thought before to tie together deformed Santa Claus and the snow outside into thinking it's Christmas time. But yeah, I guess it makes sense that kid isn't going to leave that Santa up all year. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, why does he want crazy Krampus Santa up on the wall all year? Maybe that's why he leaves him up all year. Fred is savage, and he is way in the creepy Santa. (laughs) I feel terrible I just said that. (laughs) It's a bad joke. Oh, I'm swinging for the fences today, and some of them are going to be whiffs. All right, so this adventure fantasy family movie as we have already touched upon all those things i think it's fucking ridiculous they don't put romance as one of the genres this movie is all about true love oh yeah it's definitely a romantic movie but there's also lots of action too and it is rated pg for parental guidance i think because of the son of a bitch and probably because of the blood there was a good amount of blood there at the end yeah Yeah. they really went all they probably and a guy died by poison and by stabbing. Well, and Ego killed those three dudes like, yeah. right in the hallway, no I guess, problem. I guess people do die. It's a fantasy adventure, baby. People gotta die. Yeah. The albino with his crusty lips. Oh, six-fingered man. Yep. Well, I, mean, I don't. that's not that bad. Nobody dies. Oh, well, that's what we said, stabbing in the gut. Yeah. The eels. Those are kind of scary. Shrieking eels. Oh, the, the, the bog as well. The fire, whatever. The rat, he stabbed the shit out of that rat three times. The cliffs of insanity! So, yeah, I mean, definitely worth a PG. Definitely, they didn't put any tits in it, though, so that's why it's not PG-13. This one's <laughs> yeah, meant for the 80s, kids. anything could happen. This one's meant for kids. And, like we said, came out in the 80s, uh, September 25th, 1987, and it had a... Uh, a limited release with its full extended release coming uh, October 9th of the same year. I can see why this uh, movie would debut at number 16 for 206000 because it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that's going to be a big hit in theaters. It's funny because I, I looked up some of... Because I was looking up to see if like this thing had won like awards. And I saw that like even though it did outproduce its uh, $16 million budget... Um, with a total estimated gross of thirty point nine million dollars, like it did financially well, but they it kind of like busted out and just didn't is that resonate what, until is that what it that was made released. at the box office, or is that what it's made over? That's time? what it made at the box office. I'm surprised it made that much at the box office. Honestly, I mean, it made nothing in uh, you know in all foreign lands. That makes sense, but. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's debuted at number 16. So we got the top five. Johnny Spade, Mr. Spade, I'll give you your respect. I'll put some respect on your fucking name. Uh, you seen any of these movies in the top five? Not really. Not that I can recall vividly. I think I might have watched some of Fatal Attraction. Is that the one where What's Your Face shows her vagina? Mm, I don't think so. I think that comes in the 90s. Oh, yeah, this was the 80s. What movie was that then? I, Where she like uncrosses I, her legs? I know, no, I know Sharon Stone. I know what movie you're talking about, but I can't come up with it. It's, it's not, I don't think that was, I, I could don't be think wrong. it's Fatal Attraction. I could be wrong, but I think that was a 90s movie. I'll tell you, I've seen. With Michael Douglas, I think. I don't know. I might be wrong. I've seen uh, number three on this list for its second week in 2.6 million, Hellraiser, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. The one I will someday pick for this podcast. Hellraiser? Yes. So, Fatal Attraction does have Michael Douglas in it. 
Sharon Stone as well? Does not look like Sharon Stone, though. Okay. Uh, no, it's Glenn Close. Okay, so yeah, not the one we're talking about, the Sharon Stone one, but its own thing with Michael Douglas. I do like Glenn Close. I might have seen Fatal Attraction. I don't know. Number two on the list, uh, The Principal at $3.5 million, Another week, two, just like number one and number three. I don't know what The Principal is. Do you? I don't think so, no. I have no idea about that movie. It's a very, very vague name. It could be Basic anything. Instinct. I was not going to get there. I watched part of that movie, and then I didn't really have any interest in it. Which one? Basic Instinct. Which part? I watched a little bit. Like, I watched past that for a little bit, and then I... They're just like, ah, okay, this is kind of boring. I guess apparently she said she didn't know they did that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I don't think I've ever seen that movie at all. Then we have number four, Stakeout. And it's... Eighth week. Eighth week. I've never heard of Stakeout. $2.5 million. I don't know what Stakeout is. So it's sticking along right with number three and with number five on the list, uh, The Pickup Artist. $2.4 million in the second week. I don't know what that is either. It's a pretty lame week for the box office. Yeah, the only one I really actually recognized was uh, Hellraiser. Yeah, it's the only one I have any fucks to give about. And this movie was written by... William Goldman, the the man who man who actually I believe penned the novel as well. So it said in the credits based on his novel, and it was directed by, of course, Rob Reiner. Beautiful man, directed so many good movies. And all right, who wants to start it off for the main actors? Uh, let's see if we can get through this without botching these names. You go first. Me? Yep. Because I hate that last name. I don't know how to say it. Carrie Ells plays Westley. A.K.A. the Dread Pirate Roberts. I'll go second. We've got Robin Wright as the Princess Bride, A.K.A. Buttercup. It always blows my mind, like when I realize that that was her, that Robin Wright is her, because I know her from like House of Cards, and mm-hmm. I think she's in Wonder Woman, and she's in other stuff. Yeah, she's but, been in a lot of things yeah. over the years. She I don't. Look, she kind of looks a lot different now than she did. It's the in this. shorter haircut now that she's older, because in this she's got that long flowing hair like down to her waist, and it makes her look a whole lot. And she's a lot younger too. This is eighty seven. House of Cards is what twenty years after that. This uh, I read that when they were getting ready to make this movie, he had kind of like pictured Carrie Ells as his Westley, and they didn't know who they were going to cast as the princess bride and robin wright actually like interviewed for it like the week before they started filming and so like when she knocked on the door and like they opened up the door i guess like she was standing and like like light hit her like in the perfect way and she was wearing like a white summer dress and he's like no this is like like you just she knew what she was showing up to audition for you are the princess bride she probably dressed that way like the the lighting was probably just you know a, a, a luck coincidence or no, whatever she was watching the weather she was like like <laughs> sun's Show gonna be over time. here yeah you wear that white dress when you're auditioning for the princess bride like that's just smart yeah and it was just like he's like oh yeah like open the door and all of a sudden it's like no yeah you're born to play the princess bride well she did it well then we got mandy Pattenkin. i know how to say it Patinkin. Patinkin as Inigo Montoya. Then we got Wallace Shawn plays Vizzini. Then that motherfucker Andre the Giant is Fezzik. Chris Sarandon as Prince Humperdinck. And we got Fred Savage plays the grandson. Peter Falk as the grandfather. 
Billy Crystal is Miracle Max. And we're not going to leave out my man Christopher Guest as the six-fingered man Count Rugen. Fuck that man, although he is a great man. And I'm also not going to leave out my homegirl Carol Kane as Miracle Max's wife, Valerie. I'm, like, I'm not saying fuck that man as in like he's not like a good actor or something. I'm just like the character is like a piece of shit and like he plays it so well. He plays it perfectly. Well, that's one thing to say about this movie: perfect casting. Not one person was miscast. Yeah, I really enjoyed this cast a lot. Columbo. <laughs> like, think about it. Everyone fits the role they're supposed to be playing to a T. My only complaint, and it's nothing you can change because it's just the point of life he was in. Hard to understand Andre the Giant when he's talking a lot of times. A lot of slurring and shit going on. But from what I've seen and read about this, this was a bad period of his life as far as pain and all that. There are times you can tell they've got someone stepping in that's wearing a mask that isn't him because he just couldn't physically do some of the stuff at this point. So, But again, it's Andre the fucking Giant in a classic movie. I'm going to take what I can get. Yeah. Well, I think, like, even when uh, she lands in his arms, like, they had to, like, gently put him, like, put her into his arms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She didn't drop into his arms. No, yeah. Although she just jumped from that window with reckless abandon. Reckless. Super reckless. I mean, we'll get there, but it's not the first time. She lives on faith. The whole movie is Wesley will come and save me. Once she finds out he's alive. Well, yeah, I'll never love again. Like, that's it. So, of course, she's going to jump out the window and be like, it'll be fine. The Giants got me. All right. So, who wants to tackle this IMDb breakdown? Is it me? It's not me. Is it me? Is it it Australian Chuck? It's whatever Chuck you want. Or, while homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him a story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. <laughs> it's just kind of like... You slip into it in the end. You motherfucker. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. You just got to hit it really hard, like, we are homesick. <laughs> what? <laughs> we are homesick. Well, who? Uh, I can't do it. Neither can I. That's why I, I got to do a good do day, it. mate. I got to be like, good day, mate. No, We're I... homesick in bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I... What I can do is just make up an accent, which is what you did, and it won't be anywhere close. That's the best I can ever do. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I, I just kind of like, I, I lean in a direction, but I never get 100% there. It's Chuck Banner, baby. All right, so, I mean, I kind of feel like it's safe to assume that the majority of people have seen this movie. I'm not sure if that's safe to assume. <laughs> I showed this to my sister for the first time like two years ago. Really? She'd never seen How it before. How have she never known about it? I don't I don't know, man. Not everyone knows about every movie. Princess Bride is a fucking classic. I'm agreeing with you on that point, but I'm my mom still hasn't seen it to this day. She has the DVD sitting in her basement, but she wow. hasn't watched it. My father does not watch movies, really. And he's seen this movie numerous times. I'm just saying, not everyone has seen The Princess Bride. All right, so this movie is uh, its basically an enactment of a book when this guy, so like this grandfather shows up and he's like, hey, keep your shirt on. Don't get naked. I'm going to read you this book. But if you can't take it, you let me know. 
me tap out after like a chapter so you just made it so much creepier than the movie even comes close to making it feel right i'm just saying grandpa never comes across as creepy just drunk you when definitely he, called out him being drunk the way he comes in the door hey what's up buddy you want me to read you a book did you think he was drunk spade no did you think he was creepy colombo <laughs> can't be creepy he's colombo yeah i mean i never really thought he was creepy i thought it was no. kind of funny no, and I don't really think he was drunk either, but the way he burst in the door, I was like, holy shit. How's the sick? Yeah, that is what he said, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, it kind of reminded me of Polly, Uncle Polly from the Rocky movies. If he was a drunk, then he would have totally been fucking Uncle Polly. Well, the movie opens up with Fred Savage coughing, so you know he was sneaking hits of that joint <laughs> on the bed as an eight-year-old, because he was playing video games. Might I add, top-tier baseball video gaming in 1987. Yeah, is it terrible that my first thought was, oh, shit, he's got COVID? Maybe not terrible. Definitely timely. Yeah, timely for us, not timely for the movie. Because, I mean, this happened. He had whatever was going around in 1987. Yeah, he had the flu. AIDS. AIDS. That was going around (laughs) in 1987. All right, so he either has COVID or AIDS. COVID-87. Eighty? No, it would have been eighty-seven. So I'm gonna name my punk band COVID eighty-seven. <laughs> COVID eighty-seven. I'm not gonna sing the band's name. <laughs> I mean, I guess some bands do, but I'm not in that business. I'll sing the band's name. <laughs> You're the singer. You're in. So we get into the story, and it's like right off the bat, like this is about these two people who are in love with each other, and then shit goes south. And how are we gonna get them back together? <laughs> At first, I thought you were. T- <laughs> The grandfather and the grandson. (laughs) Well, as I pointed out, so we establish in the opening scene of the book, of the fantasy that we're hearing about, that when he responds to her on the farm, as the farm boy that he is, as you wish to her request, what he's really saying is, I love you. So right at the end, when grandpa's leaving, he turns to the kid and he's like, well, the kid's like, you should come back and read this shit to me again tomorrow night because I can't get enough. I'm gushing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa looks at him and very lovingly goes, as you wish. And I'm like, all right, I know what you mean. It's grandpa love, right? Like, you love your grandson. That's cool. But you're referencing something that's some romantic love that this kid is gushing about. Like, it's it's weird. It's a weird response to me. Calm down, grandpa. Yeah, but he told him to keep his shirt on. (laughs) He did. Fred was ready to pop that thing off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was a nice Walter Payton shirt, too. So, okay, yeah. Like, they're living on this farm in a kingdom of Florin. And what's the other place called? Jinder Mahal? <laughs> Glinda the Good Witch? I think that place was called... Gilder. Uh, Gilder. Because, like, I remember being, when I was a kid, I was all like, did they say killed her? Yes. Yeah. Killed her with kindness. <laughs> all right. You got that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it. Yep. Yes, yes, you are. So, yeah, basically, uh, Wesley, he's all like, so check it out, girl. I love you, but we're poor as fuck, right? So I need to leave and go make some loot, and then I'll come back, and I'll find you, and then we'll get married, and we'll live happily ever after. And she's like, yeah, but, like, what What if something happens to you? And he's like, nothing's going to happen don't to you, baby about girl. It. Please, please don't worry about it. I'm a farm boy. I got everything covered. You've been on a farm before? Then I can go on the ocean, too. Just the same thing, right? Yeah. And she's all like, but how can you be so sure? And he's all like, 
this is true love. You think this happens every day? I'll find you. And I was like, yeah, I think this actually does probably happen every day. Not there's true a, love. There's a lot of people in this world. Not true love happens every Dude, day. There's like 9 billion people on this planet. Yeah, and most of them are fucking idiots. So easier to fall in love. Not true love. Being in love is not the same thing as true love. They're talking about a concept oh, that true. transcends, you know, like just common day pedestrian love. Bullshit. <laughs> Disney no, no. love, man. Yeah, this is the next level. Disney. The shit that you don't attain. Well, she's a Disney princess. Yeah. It's Disney princess love. I think this actually is streaming on it Disney is. Plus. Yes, we, we watched it on yeah, the other Disney. Oh, is that Network. what this was on yeah. right now? I didn't yeah. realize. I mean, I have the movie. I just was like, ah, I know it's on Disney, so I'll just put it on Disney. I've got the fancy Criterion collection, which is like a little book version of it. It's super cool. Oh, yeah, I want that. I watched it last year. It was on Disney Plus. Oh, Big Bang Theory made me want to watch it. Well, he's like, fuck it, bitch. I got to go get this money. So he takes off. Yeah. Well, that doesn't work out well for him, but we don't really know what happens. Well, yeah. Like, she finds out through the grapevine his ship got, uh, like, raided by the Dread Pirate Roberts, who historically or allegedly. Apparently, he's been on a 20-year reign of terror on the high seas. Yeah, and he never takes prisoners. Not once, except for he always takes them. And then changes their name to Dread Pot Roberts. Only some of them. When yeah. he's ready to retire. But, I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there, right? So Buttercup's all like, I will never. She's like, allegedly doesn't eat or sleep for days, which makes her go insane. And then she's all like, I will never love again. And then it cuts to, five years later, Prince Umperdig's gonna marry Princess Buttercup. Why is she a princess? Because he's a prince. Yep. But they're not married yet. But she will be a princess. Yeah, but since he's courting her, she becomes a princess. She's betrothed to him. And how did he find her? They never talk about that. He's He's tracking her. Yeah, he did like... So you know how like Shrek, the prince, went on like that like tour to find his bride? I'm sure that's what he did. That wouldn't surprise me, especially back in those days. You're like, all right, ain't no one in the city walls right here that's tickling my fancy. Let's go find a hot country girl and say, fuck it. You don't have a choice. Well, and then on you're top coming of it, back to the castle. Since his me. plan is to murder her to start a war, he kind of wants a girl from like the spoiler. Yeah. From she like gets, the outstretches yeah. of, you know, the kingdom. Man, I don't know. I'd have a hard time murdering her. I'd be like, girl, why don't you just hang out for a little while? See, I want him to expand this. Like, why did he want a war with fucking... Because he's power-hungry. Yeah, he wants power to be... hungry and war-hungry, man. Because it seems like the king, who's sleeping the whole fucking movie, has just been chilling. He's like, about to die. Oh, well, exactly. And so this dude wants to, like, ramp up so when he's king, he can take over Gilder and maybe the world. Doesn't he say at one point, like... You don't know what it feels First like. First Gilda, to... next the world. No, yeah, like at one point he does, like when one of his like uh, minions is complaining, he's all like, hey man, like I got the only key. They're not getting in, right? And he's all like, oh man, he's like, you think you got a hard try running the world sometime? Hmm. I'm a so, pompous piece of shit. But he is one especially who stands out as just a perfect bit of casting because you see him, you see his face and you see the smug little look he puts on it from the first time they show him and you're like, I hate this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Like, he just seems like a, just a real POS. And right behind him, exact same thing, Count Rugen. And yeah. You look at him, you go, man, fuck You're this like, bitch. I'm sure that motherfucker's got six fingers and killed somebody. Look at that goatee, too. Mm, and that, his little perfect, Shakespearean the perfect hair. perfect gray streaks in his oh, hair. Oh, it's definitely a wig. I fucking love it. Pretty much everyone was wearing a wig in this. Well, not Carrie, 
and not Andre, Chris, Robin. Robin probably wasn't Robin. either. No, or Carrie. Yeah, you said Carrie. Though. Andre. Andre had the real hair. Wallace Shawn definitely had his real hair. Oh yeah, for sure. Savage, he had his real hair. <laughs> <laughs> I think Peter. Or, uh, yeah, Peter Falk might have had a fake mustache. No, he was definitely real drunk though, right? <laughs> hey, how's you sick? It's been solving too many crimes. He's tired, <laughs> man. So where are we at now? So okay, I believe that's where <clears throat> she's like basically openly telling this guy like hey dude i don't like you like i don't love you i don't even like you like i don't even want to be here so why don't you just let me go and you know be all copacetic and he's like how about you just go for your fucking horse ride and be happy that you're here so she goes for a little horse ride and she's all like she runs into the the merry band of three headed up by vizini and then you got fezzik and uh and nico mantoya there you go, right? So they're all like, "Hey, man, we're just put some lost circus performers. Is there a, a city or a town nearby that we can go to and get some some food or something?" And she's like, "No, there's nothing, nothing for miles. <laughs> I mean, you could murder me right here, and no one would know." And he's like, "Oh, good. No one will hear you scream." And then yeah, Andre like puts her in like a death choke or something, a knockout like squeeze to her neck yeah that joke perfect so then they drag her onto a boat and then vizini's like all right i'm gonna tie a bit of cloth to this horse totally reasonable that a little piece of cloth might just caught out and get caught on this horse from gilder it'll look like when they catch this piece of cloth on the horse that gilder did it and that's gonna start the war which doesn't in the end you find out doesn't matter anyway because they're gonna blame it on gilder whether there's a piece of fucking uniform cloth on there or not correct but then dude's like all right or Wallace Shawn's like, let's get on this goddamn boat. We're going to go kill this bitch and start this war. And they're never going to suspect that we set this whole thing up. And then Ego and Fezzik are like, wait, what? Yeah, he's like, about killing. we didn't think you were going to kill anybody. And he's like, why do you think I fucking hired you? We're starting a war here, man. Like, this is what we do. So they go out on the water because they're taking her over to somewhere where they plant her dead body. It's going to be a big deal. Well, they had a sweet rhyme off. That's true. And then they go onto the water. Yep. I'm not going to have a rhyme off with you right now. No, I'm not saying we, I'm not suggesting that we do a rhyme off. But so homeboy, right? Like Mandy, he's looking in a go. He's looking over the boat and he's all like, yeah, I'm just checking to make sure no one's like on our six. Right. And Wallace is like, that's inconceivable. That there would be anybody following us. We're going to get away with this scot-free. And we're going to murk this chick. And we're going to start this war. And we're going to get paid, bro. How is that inconceivable? Like, he just conceived that somebody could be following them. <laughs> but that's one of, it's one of my favorite bits. Like, because, I like when he calls them out about it. But. Well, that's why I love that is one of my favorite bits. Because they get to the top of the cliffs of insanity. And he looks at them. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> and that's something I st- I think I've said that to yeah. you directly before. Like, that doesn't mean what you think it means. It's so, it's so funny. I love that. Inconceivable. Uh, yeah, because, like, he's like, well, you know, I'm concerned why you would even ask that. He's like, yeah, because I actually just spotted something. Oh, fuck. So he gets up. And and then, yeah, they all get it. up and they're looking like, oh, who the fuck is that? And, like, Vizini's like, 
no one in Gilder knows what we've done, and nobody from Florin could have gotten there so fast. So he's like, it makes no sense that there's someone on our tail. But in the meantime, Buttercup's like, I'm going to jump over the side and fucking swim for freedom. Fuck this shit. That doesn't work out very well for her. No. And in fact, like, this is where we get reintroduced back to the Godfather and the Godson, or the Grandson, and they're just like, like, just, they kind of always go back to those two in the bedroom reading the story to just kind of like keep reinforcing to you that this is no that this is why some of the questions you may be having about like oh why could this happen in this movie it's because it's a it's a fantasy book that he's you know he's reading and they always keep going back well so well because sometimes the story goes in a way that isn't right and you'll cut to him like oh grandpa she didn't marry him there right she ends up with wes is like oh no you're right they didn't get married sorry let me go back like he fucks with him the whole time but you can tell he's had this story read to him and read this story to a whole lot of people before he knows how to read this to a kid and keep him hooked in because i think the whole idea is like get away from your television and read a book the same thing you hear now get away from your phone and read a book like bitch get off of social media bitch books are dead you read them on a screen now like whatever anyway i mean i if i'm gonna read i prefer reading like a physical copy well so do i but else. most people read on kindles and shit that's just the reality of it because it's more convenient without a doubt like oh most definitely you're trying to read it you're lugging around a 1200 page hardcover book that's fucking ridiculous so throughout the the night uh oh wait do we cover that she jumps overboard and she fucks with the eels? yeah and as you said that's where we cut back to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they they like sail all night and in the morning no you left out the shrieking eels man you can't forget about the shrieking oh, yeah. eels trying to eat her like i lo- when i was younger that part freaked the shit out of me like you i watch it just... now you watch it now and it's cheesy as fuck obviously like kid level fantasy level nothing too serious but as a kid i was like i love it. shit in the water always fucking creeped me out though sharks big long time fear of mine i don't live anywhere near an ocean i shouldn't have a rational fear of sharks but they freak me the fuck out just in concept i remember as a kid just looking at the cover of the book jaws made me fucking i think like crocodiles and alligators are a bigger fright for me because they also come on land yeah fuck those motherfuckers too i have no interest in those uh but the eels just being in the water like i'm in your domain now you have the advantage on me i'm fucking helpless out here that just freaked me out until Andre steps in and just socks it on the head. Oh, I always loved it as a kid when he'd like say the shrieking when Wallace Sean would be like the shrieking eels, and then again when uh, Grandpa is like saying it, and we're getting like the visual of Wallace Scott or Wallace Sean, uh, but it's the voice of Grandpa. Mm-hmm. I love that. Absolutely love it. So now they've sailed all night. So yeah, they've sailed all night, and uh, Montoya is all like. He's right on top of us, referring to the boat that was chasing them, right? And, like, how did that boat gain on them? I don't really know how boating he's, works. He's lighter. It first was using foremost. a different wind. Well, he asked, he asked, he's like, is he using the same wind as us when they're sailing? Um, but I think the, probably the easiest answer is he's lighter just because he's one person. And I think his vessel was smaller, so it's going to carry you faster. If you're on the same wind, it's going to push something that weighs lighter, quicker. He might just be a better sailor, too. He knows how to use his fucking sails. I mean, he is a pirate. I mean, that's true. He knows how to navigate those fucking winds probably better than those three do. So you're right there. Again, I, I think it's feasible that he would catch up to them. 
Yeah, I was just kind of like, I've always thought that, like, even as a kid, I was like, how is this possible? Like, they're just saying, like, I always kind of figured sailing was like, nope, like. Well, I mean, how do they set Andre the Giant on fire later and he doesn't get burnt? He's a giant. Because like they just pain. set that cloak on fire on his body, and it's no problem. The Holocaust cloak is that what they call it? That's what I heard, but yeah. I was like, that can't be the name no, of it. Pretty sure they called it a Holocaust cloak. I don't know what that means. Either do I. Maybe cloaks people wore during the Holocaust. His I... story would have been pre-Holocaust. Yeah, I guess that's true. This didn't take place in like 1950. Holocaust was a word before the Holocaust. Oh, absolutely. I'm just. Wondering in what context you would have a cloak called the Holocaust cloak. Like, what does what does that mean? Well, well, that's a good question. Perfect. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but now they're at the cliffs of insanity, as we mentioned. Yes, and they're like Vizini's all like, like he'll have to sail on for a harbor. Or he'll have to sail around, uh, sail around looking for a harbor for uh, for hours, and. He's like, only Fezzik is strong enough to go our way. And Fez- they hooked like this belt up to Fezzik, right? Where he's wearing, like, he's basically going to carry the princess, uh, Inigo, and Vizini while he's climbing this cliff with this, like, rope that is just there. Like, they obviously set up prior to this. It might just always be there, too. You never know, although the rope did look brand new. Yeah, I feel like this was definitely them setting it up in advance. Yeah, probably. And But, like, it's just insane. And he's all like, like, the amount of physical strength it would take to do that. And that's why he got a giant. But then this man in black. Hold on a second. When you were a kid, did you question him climbing that rope the same way you questioned the boat? Because that's way less believable than the boat catching up. No, no, no. When I was a kid, I was just like, no, man, it's like. (laughs) It's Andre the Giant. Fuck it. It's Andre the Giant, right? And then, like, when the man in black was doing it, I was like, no, man, he's, he's going after his true love. That's just true love strength. But no, yeah, like watching it today and then like watching it multiple times. I've seen it in the past as an adult. I've definitely been like, this is insane. Like the amount of physical strength it would take to climb up that rope and the, the those cliffs. Even just to climb 10 feet with that much weight on your body, let alone however tall that cliff was. And then on top of it, like when Wesley has to go from this rope that gets cut to like clinging to the mountain true love baby like dude true love strength like insane well he gets up to the top and vizini is left with fezzik and buttercup he's like we're gonna go ahead we're gonna keep moving on with the plan you stay here and kill this motherfucker and he goes like i'm an honorable man i'll let you get up to the top i swear on my father's life i won't kill you until you're up here and then we'll have ourselves a fair fight and they do. And this is I, one of my favorite sword fights in cinematic history. And the look on their faces when they start is so perfect because they both are playing it like, I'm super intrigued and happy that I'm fighting someone who is both honorable and really good at what they're doing because I don't get to fight someone this good very often. And they're both fighting with their non-dominant hand to start because they're just like, ah, I don't want it to end so fast, so... I'll, I'll go with my left hand because I'll just destroy this guy with my right hand. Just a really fun fight scene. And the fact that you can tell that they did it, they chore- they were choreographed in it, they learned it, they had that fight scene together makes it yeah. even cooler. And, well, like, as a kid, I didn't question it. And I 
loved it and i still love it to this day but like i think it's funny how much talking they're doing during this fight well, I think it's because neither one really wants to kill the other one, so why wouldn't you have a little repartee with well, it's who like, you might view as, like, this dude could be my equal? When they even started the fight, he's like, oh, you seem like a nice guy. I hate to kill you. And he's like, oh, you seem like a nice guy. I hate to die. And it's like, I was like, oh, that's great. Like, he's not even putting it out there that this, like, well, it's that right. Inigo would lose. So it's Wesley that is the Dread Pirate Roberts, who is the man in black. And I think it's just him right now sizing an ego up as someone who could take over for him which he brings up later too i think already right there he's like this dude could be my replacement once i get buttercup yeah that's true so having that little repartee and that back and forth of them is just more like kind of feeling out his personality like he's got the skill but does he have the chops to be the dread pirate roberts and then i uh i really like the the scene with fezzik too where he's all like he's like oh yeah you know like we'll we'll be sportsmen about it you know i'll put down this rock and you put down your sword, well, you know, we'll kill each other like God intended. And uh, Wesley's all like, all right. I was like, I, th- I feel like you're at a bit of advantage considering you're huge and I'm me. And Andre Giant's all like, dude, I can't help without I'm blessed. I don't even have an exercise. But then he gets choked the fuck out. Yeah. And then he has to track down. Oh, in which case... Uh, Fazzini's all like, inconceivable. He does say it again, yeah. He says back. it a lot. To go back, though, when Andre the Giant is like, let's fight each other like God intended, and, you know, they're essentially going to fight to the death, and Wesley says, like, civ- like civilized men or something like that. Yeah. But I think fighting to the death with your bare hands, there is nothing civilized about that. That's pretty much as primitive as you get. Exactly. Like, that's going to be brutal yeah. as fuck. Like, with yeah. a sword, at least you could, like, cut their throat or stab them in the heart. But if with your bare hands, you're having to beat their fucking head in. Like, yeah, you're either bashing them till they're dead or you're choking them till they're dead. Neither one is a long and grueling process. Well, like, I guess he could have kept choking him, but like you said, he's like, ah, I don't want to kill this guy, and he, he like even rolls him over and like checks for a heartbeat, and he's like, ah, he's like, you're gonna have a shit fucking headache when you get up. Okay, I think they're showing just like he's looking at him, like I know that him and his other dude are boys, like we'll keep him around to be his first mate or whatever after I leave, after training him to be the Dread Pirate Robert. Like I think he Wesley is just ten steps ahead of fucking everyone at most turns in this. They do get ambushed later, but. And then, yeah, that's where he runs into Fazzini, and Fazzini's all like, he's like, he's like, you bested my giant, which means you're, you know, exceptionally strong, and you defeated my Spaniard, so I know you're, like, great with the swords play, right? But he's like, you're no match for me intellectually, so, like, we're kind of at an impasse here, and that's when Wesley's like, all right, man, I'll challenge you to a battle of wits. Like, you know, pour some wine. I'll put some poison in there. And, uh, yeah. You pick the cup that doesn't have the poison. Exactly. Give me the one with the poison, and then you win, right? And so that's how we're going to do this. And so, like, they have this little back and forth, and it's fucking hilarious because Wallace Sean is just brilliant. Is the whole, like, point of his, not, like, the point of his character, but are they always showing that he thinks he's really smart, but he's really fucking not? So they keep saying inconceivable, and they're like, they call him out on it. And then he's like talking about switching the cups and what cup is what, and he's like, your intellect is dizzying. And he was like, I haven't even gotten started yet. (laughs) I I think the idea is he's one of those guys who acts smart and talks smart and all that, but really is dumb. I think that's the whole idea behind him. 
And it doesn't matter one way or the other, because in the end, both cups are poisoned. Yeah. Well, and, and like Vizzini's just a crook, right? Like, he's a guy that was hired by the prince. He surrounds himself with people who are better than him to protect him, but people who are willing to just bow down to his brains. Well, he's like, he just lords over people. He's like, hey, like, I'll send you back to where you were, you know, jobless in a country you don't want to be in. They don't argue with him either, though. They're like, yeah, you're right. One, they could easily just overteam him. Overteam him. How is that a full-time job? He keeps telling Andre the Giant that he's going to be unemployed. And I feel like doing like something like this is one of those things. Like, like, like I always see in movies and stuff, like, I'll pay you half now and half when the job is done. So he's already got half his fucking pay. He's already, he's just doing freelance work, basically. Like, when the jobs come up, he works them. And sometimes he gets paid the full amount. And I imagine sometimes he doesn't get paid the full amount. Because if I was amount. Andre the Giant, I would have tossed his little ass over that cliff. But he's the guy with the connections. He's the one getting them to work. Yeah, he's the guy getting them the jobs. I, that's how I figure it. I guess. I'm probably thinking too much about it. Not in a negative way, just having fun with it. Right. Yeah. So... After their little inner or exchange, I guess not interchange. After their little exchange, uh, Vasini picks the wrong cup because he couldn't have picked the right cup, considering, like you said, they're both poisoned. He runs off with Buttercup, kind of testing her to see like where loyalties. He's basically like, "Bitch, you were disloyal, and where I come from, we strike women in the face <laughs> who do that." And I'm like, "Well, calm down, bro." being awful forceful with this woman but he's under the impression that she like wants to be marrying the prince and i'm like how true is your love if you're doubting her right now like that you gotta know better but he doesn't seem to know better no yeah it's it's a slightly weird exchange it's the only part of the movie where i feel like it was a bit off base for the characters well i just feel like it's just dated that might be part of it but it still doesn't seem to fit the Wesley character in any way. I think even outside of whether I it's correct do or attend, not. I do tend to agree with you in that aspect. It doesn't seem to line up with any of his other virtues. But it's not a big deal. Active. It's not a big deal because after they argue and they spot like, because this whole time Humperdinck has been tracking them. Oh, yeah. Just, like a fucking witcher, dude. That's what it makes me think about. Just like playing the witcher game and he's like following footprints and shit. Yeah, he's like, it's like there was a mighty duel. He's like following the timeline of the fight between Inigo and Wesley. Like they went here, they went there. It was two masters. Oh my god, it was beautiful. Oh, and then over there they ran off. And at this point now, he sees like Buttercup's footsteps going off in his direction. I'm like, this motherfucker. It's. I mean, I guess there are people who are really good at tracking like that. That is a thing, but I can't understand how. Uh, yeah, me neither. That's why I was like, this is astonishing. But they made they made clear his number one thing in life was hunting. Yeah. I just yeah, they wanted, pushed that hard. I think the idea is he wanted to turn into hunting humans via war. I think that's where his character, that's why he wanted to start the war with Gilder and start a war with the world, because he just liked killing shit. That, I think, is very, uh, very good possible great so they show up on the scene and she's like he spots him and buttercup or wesley does buttercup's like this is my opportunity to shove this motherfucker down this gigantic hill so she just shoves him off and as he's falling down and rolling he yells out as you wish and she immediately is like oh shit my beautiful wesley 
God damn it, I fucked up. It proceeds to just dive headfirst down the hill herself. I'm like, you could have done this smarter. I've always thought that that was hysterical. It's like, really good. Even as a child, I was like, couldn't you just like kind of slowly? Even if you got a roll, like just like slide yourself down. Nah, she got to get down to her boy. So she just swan dives down that hill. Yeah, it's she... a steep hill. Did you ever roll down hills as a kid? You would just like lay on your side, you know, and roll down the fucking hill. Why didn't she just do that? You ever get, because you ever get rolling so fast down a hill that it gets scary because your limbs start going all over the place? Not that I remember. <laughs> I went down a hill that was too steep once, and that gets scary. You can't control yourself. You try and turn your body so you skid to a stop, but then you get all scraped up by the man. Catch a rock. I basically, I just don't want to be going down a hill unless I'm on a sled. Yeah. I'll do that. Still run a lot of risk doing that, too, though. I've got fucked up on a sled before. You hit a jump wrong and you just land on your head. I never land on my head, but. Like a regular sled? Like a snow sled. Yeah, like a little piece of plastic. Like yeah, yeah, not like a something. toboggan or anything yeah, like right. that. Like, the, yeah, the little plastic saucers. Not oh. even the metal ones, but the dude, plastic that ones. That shit was always fun as a fucking kid or even like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Dude, we used to go sledding. Oh, dude, we did, still did it in high school. We'd get drunk and go sledding at uh, the township. So yeah, they she gets knocked down or she pushes him down. She voluntarily rolls down. They get up into this valley and she's all like, "Fuck, they got us!" Basically, and Wesley's like, "Nah, man, we'll no. just go into the fire swamp." Yup. Oh, I thought you were shaking your head because you got your facts wrong. No, oh no, 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 no. no. Oh no. He's and- the one with the sheet in front of him. I wrote fucking nothing down. I wrote nothing either. <laughs> and. I mean, like, I think I wrote down, like, five things. It's a pretty easy movie to follow. Oh, yeah, it's a very easy movie to follow. We're in the fire swamp. Let's keep it. So, yeah, they, they're in the fire swamp, right? And you'll see Duck Spade over here fucking, let's do this, Chuck. Let's go. Crack in the fire swamp. They're basically, like, getting through this fire swamp. It's funny. It, it's, they have a couple of really funny lines right when they get into the fire swamp. And Wes is like, oh, it's actually really quite lovely in here. And... Like, Buttercup looks at him like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, man, I'm not saying I want to build a summer home or anything, but the trees are actually quite lovely. Well, yeah, he's just cutting his way through, avoiding the fire geysers that are in there and just moving along. And then she falls down. There's like three menaces in the fire swamp. First being the fire geysers, the second being the quicksand trap, which she falls down now. He's got to dive down in after and save her. Somehow gets himself turned right side up after diving down in there. And pulls her up, saves her. See that part right here, like when that rat comes out, it always throws me off because I think it's gonna eat the fucking rope. I thought the same thing this time too. I'm like, oh shit, that's right, it's gonna chew on the rope, and then it didn't. I'm like, oh shit, that's right, it doesn't chew it's on the probably rope. Probably like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie, and I always think that it's gonna <laughs> chew it, and then it walks off. I'm like, why did that rat just walk out there? Because <laughs> they just wanted to show that there's uh, rodents of unusual size. And as they move along, those rodents reveal themselves to be the third menace, and they fucking attack them. And it turns into a battle of rat bites and and burnings, and yeah. then ultimately gut stabs. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And... It is not the greatest puppetry. It's no, a pretty I mean, it's... weak, especially for 1987. I it's a pretty it. weak, again, because of the context of what it is, I don't have a problem with it, but it doesn't look good. Neither did the Shrieking Eels. I thought the Eels looked pretty good. They look better because they were mostly obscured in the water. 
the rats are revealed to be kind of not scary at all. I like they had like a pit bull kind of stoutness. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I don't think they were necessarily supposed to be super scary. They're just rodents of unusual size. It's the third menace of the fire swamp, dude. Of course they're supposed to be scary. Well, I just think the fact that having like a rat that's what, like a hundred times bigger than it's supposed to be? I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying it's it looks like the moles we had to make in chemistry class. The, the, the shape of its body. Like, it's just weird looking. I don't know. This just reminds me of the Dark Souls video games because there's always an area that's a swamp and like you have to trudge through poison water and there's giant rats. Okay, fuck that. <laughs> fuck rats. <laughs> fuck rats. Yeah, I don't you know. like rats either. But anyway, they so they get out on the other side. They they survive the three menaces. They get out on the other side of the fire swamp, which is apparently just not a thing people do. It just doesn't happen. And they think they're home free. Oh, and so during them being in the fire swamp is basically like how he explains the buttercup and then us, the viewers, like what he's been doing over this past five years. Right. And like how he became the Dread Pirate Roberts and how is like basically the original guy was only the Dread Pirate Roberts. Maybe what, like four or five years. He made it sound like everyone kind of just did like a five year rotation. You make enough to retire and then you fuck off and hand it to someone else. Yeah. It's like by by that time they're like, oh, dude, like I'm rich. I don't need to do this shit anymore. So he, she's like, oh, okay, cool. So you are the Dread Pirate Robbers, but that doesn't make you a crazy ass murderer. It's more complicated than that. That's just the reputation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, perfect, great. Well, let's go live our beautiful life together. And so yeah, they get out of the fire swamp, and they're like, yes, we made it. You know, we're we're good. We can defeat anything if we if we you know like survive that. And then that's where Humpadink, Humpadink shows up. Humpadink, <laughs> Humpadink. He shows up with his little. Yo, squad. what's up, bro? What's Humpadink? <laughs> he shows up with his squad, and he's all like, "Hey, yo, you're gonna like die now." And <laughs> basically, he's like, "Surrender, motherfucker!" And Buttercup steps up and goes. What if I just turn myself in right now? Will you let this motherfucker go back to his boat and go back to pirating? And Prince is like, of course I will. But like, I'll do anything for you, baby girl. As and, you wish. <laughs> and and Wesley's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I couldn't bear to see, like, think of you die again. So if I can try to save you, I'm going to try to save you, right? And so she rides off with the prince humping yeah 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 and he like the prince before like after she agrees to this and whatnot but like you said and whatnot a lot in this episode he leans over to old boy and he's like uh, as soon as we leave take this guy to the pit of despair and fucking kill him the pit of despair and and then the the six-fingered man's like as you wish everyone's as you wish and now well because i mean those guys obviously love each other do you think the ladies would love a six-fingered man? Depends on what she's into. I guess, yeah. She's Since like, I just need six fingers. I'd imagine for some ladies, like one finger is not even interesting. Like some maybe a teenage some years. man's teenage years pepperoni fingers exploring around. You got six fingers exploring around. <laughs> like, check this out. I got six fingers, baby. You know what that means? Uh like if you have particularly large breasts that you like someone to hold, that gives you an extra finger of distance. That would help there. I mean, I know what you're, you know, insinuating here. I don't want to get into that. 
I'm just saying there's an awful lot of... my brain. It would probably be more weird. You're used to five, and then somebody's got six. You're like, it just doesn't feel right. I get used to... I think a bigger question is, like, what if you had, like, two dicks, but one of them was, like, half the size of your your bigger one? So, like, a little junior dick, like a pinky dick. (laughs) (laughs) How would you deal with that? One in the pink, one in the stink. Have you ever seen those double dildos before? That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. It's all going to depend on who's operating the equipment, if that's going to work for them or not. Some people, two dicks, even if one of them is smaller, it's going to be weird. It's not going to work for you. But some of them are going to go, man, I wish you had a third dick, you know? So, you never know. How do you pee? Do you only have one that has a... You got to hold both of them. <laughs> Double urethra. <laughs> well, you go to the doctor at that point and just have one of them rerouted to the other one. <laughs> this isn't going to go too far. I'm going to stop it before my mouth starts shooting this shit that's coming out of my brain. <laughs> you want to limit your words to one hole, too, just like your piss. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we'd be careful here, boys. Well, this is where Wesley realizes that the six finger man indeed does have six figures on his. Because well, earlier, I don't even know. Right if we hand. Me- I don't know if we mentioned this earlier. And Nego had revealed to him that he was looking for the six fingered man who had killed his father when he was 11 and left him scarred. And Nego's whole purpose in life for 20 years has been to train to be the best swordsman and to kill that motherfucker. Correct. And so now, yeah, Wesley sees him and goes, ah, there it's can't like, be any other six-fingered men out there. He's like, ah. He's like, he's like, oh, what are you looking at? And he's like, huh, six fingers are a right hand, huh? I know someone that's looking for you. And he knocks him out. Yep, knocks him out, and he wakes up in the pit of despair. The pit of despair. The pit of despair. <laughs> the pit of despair. Don't even try to leave. Not going to happen. So you got the albino as he's credited in the movie with his crusty lips living in the trunk of a tree <laughs> that has a fucking water wheel in it <laughs> yeah like it's such a big room like that's got to be underground and the trunk of the tree is just like a stairway well, yeah that's basically what it was so he's down there being tortured by suction yeah he's gonna suck his life away you had a particular complaint a year at this? a time that is a weird concept, yeah. Like, I turn this up to a one, I let it ride for a certain amount of time, and one year off your life. Well, fucking, he gets 50 years taken off later? Well, yeah, then he's only, you know, mostly dead. It's true. Then he comes back to life. Yeah. Mostly. Miracle Max. Anyway. So, yeah, he's down there, and, like, they're healing him up so he can be, like, 100% when they torture him. Healing him up, all he was was kind of, like, wiping blood around his shoulder. Yeah, had a burn. Yeah, had a burn. They were fixing the burn. Yeah, you just get patting your shoulder <laughs> with a wet rag. Like, what are you doing? Hey, he's rubbing rubbing the, the health potion on there. Rubbing the infection in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just rub this infection in a little bit deeper with this disgustingly filthy rag. That's what would have happened. They just keep dipping it back into disgusting bloody water and rubbing it back on your disgusting burn wound. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. Also, he had a rat bite on his forearm. This dude's got rabies now. He's got uh, um, rabies of unusual size. <laughs> nice. What did she call them? R-O-U-S's. That's what it was. Huh? She says it kind of quick. Rouse. Ronda Rousey's. So, yeah, he like gets them su- set up to this machine. And so, like, the suction cups, I thought... They were just like an inch or so above his nipples, and I thought it was like, man, like you have perfect what opportunity. If, what if put it right on his nipples? What if they did put him on his nipples, and they were like, that's not PG. Maybe he's got super sensitive nipples in real life, and they couldn't put anything over him. I was gonna fuck him up. 
I mean, maybe it's possible, but I was just like, the aesthetics would have been better if it was on his nipples. I they honestly, if they would have done that now, it would be a meme. I honestly never noticed that they weren't on his nipples before, and I think the fact that you're so preoccupied with it says a lot about your viewing experience. Because honestly, I even had to look hard afterwards. Like I can't even see where his nipples are at. His oh, nipples, kind of, their nipples are right there. His nipple color kind of blended in with his skin color, which is kind of strange. But at least in this version I was watching, I was kind of like, I can kind of see where his nipples at, but where's areola? Like it blends into his chest. Areola. Oh, maybe it's because of my color blindness. I thought they were pretty distinctly different colors. Why would you be able to see them better? Don't know. <laughs> with color I'm saying maybe that's the issue. I don't think you having color blindness would make you better at seeing something than me. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't have color blindness. Yeah, I do, and I don't understand it. Maybe you are superior at seeing nipples. So, okay, so all while this is happening, Humperdinck is lying to the princess, being like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm going to send my four fastest ships, right? You write a letter saying, I uh, want uh, you, Wesley. You write four letters. You four write the same copies. letter four fucking times. Well, yeah, because they can't, like, they can't, like, scan it. No, I know, but you should write four fucking letters that I'm going to immediately throw into the fire. I mean, <laughs> put on these ships. So, yeah, he's like, I'm going to send them with my four fastest ships, and then those ships are going to look for, you know, Dread Pirate Roberts. He's always around Florida this time of the year, you know? And so, like, we'll send them, we'll get them, if he wants you, he'll come back and take you. If not, you know, consider me a, an alternative to suicide. She's like, fine, bitch. I'll come talk to you later, but you better be doing this. And my Wesley will come for me. Don't worry. I know he'll come for me. Bitch. And, yeah, she keeps calling him a bitch and saying that, like, there's fear behind his eyes and stuff. Well, so now he's like, fuck it. Get my boy in here, my security boy. I need you to go out there. I need you to clear the forest of thieves. Get all those bitches out of there. I don't want any of them hanging around to see anything. And I want you to put all your men at the front gate right now. Go handle this shit. But dude's like, this isn't going to be easy and this isn't going to go well. This is going to be fucked up. He's like, well, put a goddamn posse together. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he's like, form a brute squad. So while they're rounding all these motherfuckers up and clearing it, we get reintroduced to our boy Inigo Montoya. And he's seemingly very drunk. Yeah, he's like Grandpa Tom at the beginning of the movie. Very sad. Keep your shirt on. Keep your shirt on. Well, Nigo's shirt was a plunging V-neck. And yeah, Fezzik ends up saving him and smacking the other guy away. And then he like nurses him back to health with some good stew. Nurses him back to help? Health. After I dunked his face in fucking water. Oh, he goes back and forth. Yeah, hot and cold water. Oh my God. That's honestly, I feel like that would feel really good if I was... Like, I needed to be revived if I was drunk or hungover. Like, I feel like someone forcibly dunking my head into two different temperature waters mm, yeah, I'm, would feel really I'm nice. Good on that. I want to do that. I think I would do that. Let's get drunk sometime and try it out. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I think the harder thing is going to be finding the containers to dunk the heads into. Are you fucking kidding me? This is so easy. There's a tote right there I could just empty and fill with water. What about the other tote? Put your head in a fucking garbage can. Who gives a shit? Fill up the tub. Put them right next to each other. You got a double sink. Double sink. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's right a there. double sink. I see. I think you want to be able to, well, A, not do it in the winter, but do it outside. Though. Otherwise, you're getting water all over your kitchen. It evaporate. Sure does. It's true. In the midst of all this bucket dunking, he finally realizes my goal is to find our boy, the, the masked man, 
and he will help me to avenge my father. He's got the brains that we need. He's the new Vicini. Because me and you are stupid, Fezzik, and we need brains. Which isn't true. I think they end up fighting in the end. They have their own brains, too. But they're like, we gotta go find him. Fezzik's like, where the fuck are we gonna find this dude right now? And that's when uh, Humperdinck puts him up to 50 on the machine, and he screams so loud that he's dying. And Well, this is after Buttercup talks to Humperdinck again, and he blows his hand and reveals he didn't send those ships out after. So she's like, fuck you, dude. Like, Wesley's coming, and you're fucked now. And that's when he gets super pissed and goes down there and basically yeah. kills him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he screams, like, super loud that, like, the whole kingdom hears it, right? And uh, this is when Inigo's all like, oh, that's the the man in black. It has true to be. suffering. Because he just found out that his uh, true love is going to marry the prince tonight. So, I mean, who else, who else could make that noise? And, like, he's right that it is the man in black. Didn't he say his heart screamed like that when his father got killed? Yeah. I could recognize the suffering yeah. in that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but there could be another person suffering for an entirely different reason at the exact same time. I mean, there Correct. wasn't. There wasn't, though. No, yeah. It was, it was funny because he was right, but it was like such an outlandish way to get to the right. Again, they like climbed up a sheer cliff face by a rope earlier. I'm willing to let tale. things go. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. The scream, the fact that everyone in the whole fucking village could hear the scream is something that you just kind of have to accept as well. We're, we're, it's a fantasy, baby. It's a so fantasy. they make their way to the pit of despair, uh, and they find Wesley dead. But then he's all well, like... Well, first, first they talk to the albino and knock yeah. his old ass out. And he's got a little cart with him, which will come back into play later. True, true. He, he tells uh, Fezzik to grab Wesley and they go to to go buy Miracle, right? So they're like, they get to Miracle Max's and he's like, no, 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 no I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Then he's like, ah, fuck it. I'll do it. Then he's like, he's like, oh, it wasn't true love. And then his wife comes running out, and she's like, "You liar, liar!" It was great. It was a great little scene. They argue for a while. They chase each other around the room, and then then he gives him a uh, miracle pill coated in chocolate, a Holocaust cloak, and they skedaddle. Right? No, I don't think he gave him the. Hol- I think Fezzik just had the Holocaust. No, cloak. he got it from. Did he get it from? Yeah, he's like he's like he gave it to me because it fits so well. Well, there you go. And then they storm the castle. Well, this is where they set the. They come up with the plan to create a fake dread pirate Roberts to scare the sixty men that are guarding the gates of the fucking the city. And that's what I'm like again. How did he not get burned while that cloak was on fire? Oh, magic powers. Giant powers. Yes. True. Very true. I forgot about giant powers. He had a thick hide. Yeah, I'm going to go with giant powers. I mean, he did carry three people plus the weight of himself up that entire, like, cliff insanity. So that makes him fireproof? Yes. <laughs> makes him extra strong. Maybe that's what a Holocaust cloak is. It doesn't burn through. Oh, shit. Look at this guy. Hold on. Fire retardant. Yep. Um, let's go with that. We're not allowed to say that word anymore. <laughs> retardant. retardant. <laughs> so hey it's your boy chucky b here with a little bit of after the fact knowledge uh to be learned in the form of uh 
Future Randy Quaid's internet fact. And here's internet fact number one. A holocaust cloak is a full body covering cloak with a hood that has been magically prepared to be almost entirely resistant to fire for a limited amount of time. And there you have it. Inigo and Wesley and Fezzik all bust into the motherfucker now. They're breaking up the wedding, which has actually already happened, unfortunately. Well, it didn't really happen because... It's just a technicality, baby. He skips ahead. They don't actually say I do. So they ended up... It ends up going to where, like, Inigo tracks down the six-fingered man... He stabs him after a fucking, like, pretty cool chase scene and everything like that. Well, he keeps repeating once he gets stabbed himself and is on the comeback, I am an Eagle Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die. And he says louder, 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 louder. Hello! My name is Eagle Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And I especially love when Christopher Guest is like, stop saying that. (laughs) And then he's like, offer me money. (laughs) <laughs> and then he like stabs his uh sides of his cheek just like he or slashes him just like he had done to him as a child now what's the side of the cheek isn't the cheek the side yeah i said stab the side of the cheek yeah the slice he sliced the cheek never mind check the tape well he kills him make gets revenge for his father and now i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do yeah he doesn't know but in the meantime wesley's still recovering from being almost dead laying in bed buttercup comes across him she's like oh sweet baby let's just get down right now in this bed like i don't care if there's chaos going on around us like aren't you ready to do this he's like i can't even move right now gently (laughs) she's like at this point that's all you can say is gently gently (laughs) just drops his head onto the headboard he's like oh and we find out good old humpernink is hanging out in the doorway and ad he comes in there and he's like He's like, all right, we're going to fight to the death. And Wesley's like, no, to the pain. He's like, it's my favorite speech in the whole movie. I'm, I'm not uh, familiar with that phrase. I love it when he breaks down and he's like, wrong. I leave the, my ear, like your ears I leave so that you can hear the children laughing at your freakish appearance. I'm like, oh, shit. See, whatever, every creaking babe uh, says, dear God, what is that thing? Yeah, what is that thing? And then he reveals, oh, but I can stand right now. Even though he really, like, he can't do anything, but he yeah. can stand up. But he's able to stand up and point the sword at him, and he's like, drop your sword. That bitch-ass prince immediately goes, oh, okay. Yeah, drops it, and he's like, go sit over there. And he, like, like grabs his cloak, and he just, like, kind of, like, tucks it up. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go sit over here now. And he sits down. The princess, uh buttercup she comes over and ties him up and she's like hey are we gonna kill him and he's like nah i'm just gonna let this bitch be a coward and live for the rest of his life and that's when they jump out the window to safety and freedom yeah they ride off they make out in the sunset and then uh, just like they did earlier in the movie when they made out in front of the sunset yeah a lot of making out in the sunset i hope they did more than that after the second make out there's a little detail in the castle i noticed i don't know if it was purposeful or not but like you know the stairwells that go up and around, like in the little towers, they go up and to the right. And I watched a video recently that was talking about castles and how castles are built for defense. And the designers of the castles actually made it so it would go up and to the right because most people are right-handed. So if they got into the castle and they're going up 
and to the right of the stairs, you can't really swing a sword because the fucking walls are there. Interesting. Hmm. I like that. That's something I never would have thought about before. Well, I mean, I guess we're not uh, castle designers. I'm not an anything designer. <laughs> Especially not castles, no. But yeah, that's when we get back to the bedroom. Because <laughs> throughout, the, <laughs> throughout the whole movie, they're having a few other jumps back to grandson and grandfather and like the kid being super invested in the story. Because the whole thing, from the beginning, he's like, oh, you're going to read me a book? That's Just bullshit. Just a kissing book? Yeah, yeah. This is bullshit, Grandpa. And then finally, by the like the middle of it, maybe even sooner, he's like, He's like, oh, dude, oh, I'm, I'm fully invested she in this shit. She doesn't marry Humperdinck. Like, That's when he really reveals that he's emotionally invested. It was like, no, wait, Grandpa, that can't be real. And Grandpa's like, who kills him then, huh? Indigo who? So, Isaac? yeah, they go and it's all cute and sweet. And now Grandpa and Grandson are going to be best friends forever. Yeah, he's like, hey, Gran- Grandpa, can you come read it again to me tomorrow? And he's like, as you wish. The Princess Bride 2 opens. Peter Falk is dead. It's a darker movie. The gritty reboot of Princess Bride. The Empire Strikes Back of Princess Bride. The Princess's Corpse. The Princess Buttercup's corpse. Baby. Buttercup's. That's what the sequel. Buttercup's the, Stillborn Baby. The, we gotta go dark. The sequel book. I guess that's like the working title. Oh, there is a it. sequel? No. See, like there was going to be. Like, I guess there was in the back of the original book. Like, you could email or not email you could write a letter or something like that and they would send you or like ask a question about if there's gonna be a sequel and they would send you like this sample chapter from that book but that was all that was ever written for that book and just when he was like gearing up to maybe actually write that book is when the william goldman died oh okay i did get his name right. i'm surprised someone else didn't just write it so that's what's gonna happen with the uh, game of thrones books is George R. R. Martin's going to die before he finishes the last one? Oh, Probably. yeah. Is he on the last one now? Isn't that what oh, yeah. it is? He's yeah. just working on I it don't know. I don't. I haven't read him, but Me I don't either. think he's ever going to finish it. Oh, no? no? I don't know. I don't. It's been a long fucking time. Well, fuck that guy then, idiot. You guys have anything else to say about The Princess Bride before we move on to the ratings? Section? Not about The Princess Bride, no. All right, all right, all right. How about you, Johnny? No. All right, so now we are at that portion of the podcast. We are going to rate the movie, The Princess Bride, on a grading scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's, where 1 is the absolute worst, 50 is the absolute greatest, and 2 to 49 is anywhere in between. I'm going to go first. Well, IMDb will go first. IMDb is going to rate this movie 40.5 on a scale of Fifty Randy Quaid, which for an IMDb rating is off the charts. Yeah, it's incredibly high. <laughs> like you got above a thirty-six. Shit, boy, you killing it. Um, I'm gonna do what probably won't be a unique position here, which is why I'm just gonna get it done out of bed. I'm giving this fifty. I've always liked this movie. I don't remember when I first saw it. I was a kid when I first saw it, and I've seen it a lot of times since. Um, every it's just everything's perfect about it. It's shot perfectly, acted perfectly, told perfectly, like. You can show this to anyone from kid to adult, and there's something to enjoy in it. I mean, it's a little cheese. You got to be able to take a little cheese with it because it's a fantasy romance. But if you can, if you're, you can deal with that, then there's nothing else to overcome. Uh, I own it. I'll watch it again. I recommend it to everyone. Fifty for the Princess Bride. Mister Spade, I give it a forty-nine. Uh, <laughs> something in my head's funny. I don't know what. <laughs> something in your head is funny. Yeah, it's good. Like. The sword fight was awesome. I liked how they had like the respect for each other instead of just 
killing each other right then when they could have. It's always jarring to me when they kill What's-His-Face, like, right away. I don't know his name or his real name. The short guy. Oh, the Wallace Shawn. Yeah, like, he dies so soon in the movie. Because I'd kind of like to see more of him. I, I feel like that's why he is so over the top, though. Because for the short amount of time yeah. he's in, he's Because like, he might have worth his stick might have worn thin by the end of the movie if they kept him going but which is probably why they're like just go as hard as you can for the first half of it because that's all we're gonna get so lay it on thick because he does but yeah i like it everything's good about it i do not own it i have watched it i would watch it again i would recommend other people watch it so i think it's pretty obvious that i'm going to give this movie a uh 50 out of 50 randy quaid's this is for sure part of the 50 Club, and it is definitely in my personal collection. I've watched this movie too many times to count. One, like, it is one of my earlier memories of like watching movies was this, Wizard of Oz, and then just kind of like watching wrestling on TV. Those are like some of the earliest things. One of your earliest memories of watching movies was watching... No, just like like the things that I remember from a kid, right? Like also, fuck, what's the thing with Skeletor? Is that that's Conan? He-Man. 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 So He-Man was huge for me as a kid. Uh, Turtles, Ghostbusters. But yeah, this was like a mainstay. Like watched it all the time. Like at least once every couple days probably it was on. Like like i know you had said you'd worn out vhs tapes like ninja turtles specifically was one we wore out we had this on vhs and i had to believe we gotten it pretty close to after it came out because it's just it's one of those things i just remember but yeah perfect movie this movie's fantastic uh easily 50 out of 50 i would highly recommend any and everybody watch this movie and just like JT had said, like this is good for little kids all the way to like people about to like perspire. Perspire? <laughs> yeah, if you're about to sweat, you need to watch this. Or if you're about to die. From sweating. <laughs> From sweating. Or not sweating. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you just can't sweat. Oh my god, people about to perspire. <laughs> Next time on 50 Randy Quades. We're going to the movies, y'all. Oh, uh, we're gonna go check out. I guess it's just called Scream, but Scream 5. They fucked up by not styling it with the S as a 5. Yes. Is what I'm saying. Yes, they should have done that. That would have been fantastic. But yeah, we're going to go see Scream 5, and uh, we're going to do podcast. So you should go see Scream 5, and then listen to our podcast about Scream 5. You know, it'll be fun. Good times. But realistically, you don't have to go see it because we do watch movies, so you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, you guys can follow us uh, on Spotify. Um, you know, click the click, click the follow thing, press play, you know, give us a follow on there. I guess Spotify now you can rate us. So do that if you could. Go to 50randyquaze.com. Download all of our episodes there. Give us your money. Ask Humperdink. I'm sure he could follow us. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, hit up Chris Sarandon, aka Prince Humperdinck. And that dude will track us down for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it. Woo, woo, woo. That's right. She started a GPS app called the Humperdinck. Was it like a dating app? Yes, the creepiest one out there. <laughs> you can just track your dates. Don't <laughs> worry, I'll find you. And hump your dick. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's got to be implied. You can't say that. But until next time. 
We watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.